Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Friday, September 4th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Welcome to my Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday. Whew. Why do we get so excited about Friday? Why don't we do that on Monday? We should begin to do that on Monday, I'm thinking. Change our mindset. Change our world. We celebrate Mondays. And then we go to work on Fridays in a dreary state because we wish we could have more work week. I don't don't know about that. I don't think that would go over well. Ah, I like to celebrate. So, today is Friday. I'll celebrate Friday. Maybe Monday I'll celebrate Monday. How about that? Today we're going to do something slightly different. This morning I was in prayer but not very long. I didn't really sense the Lord giving me anything for today. But yesterday, I went to the library and got a couple books about writing. A friend recommended. And so I did a bit of reading last night. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about life and direction, things like that. I'm excited about this podcast because many times I don't know where we're going to go. And, you know, you look at that nice slick title. But what you don't know is that title didn't exist until after the podcast. Because what we're doing right now is basically, in writing terms, it's a first draft. I don't go off of notes I just flow baby and uh, it looks like there's some people liking it I'm seeing the numbers increasing day by day and I want to thank you if you are becoming a regular listener to the ride Um, I really appreciate you so thank you for sharing it and uh, but mostly just thank you for letting me into your life a little bit so it's an honor so anyway so I'm reading this book it's called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott and it's really uh, it's a great book if you're wanting to be a writer or if you are a writer it it, uh If you remember yesterday, my daughter was dealing with some writer's block, and she got through that, it looks like, and and part of the reason why I got the book the other day was so that I could get some new insight to maybe offer some help to her. And I did read a few chapters in it that I was able to distill down for her, and 
I think it's going to work out pretty good. And it's going to help me. But there was something in there that I got to thinking about as far as life. Not just about writing, but uh, about life. There's a chapter in there about first drafts. Now, some of her language in the book is a little colorful, so I won't, ex- I won't give you the full title of that chapter, but suffice it to say, it was about bad chapters, or bad drafts, that's what it is. Bad first drafts. Allowing for the imperfect first draft to come out of your writer's pen. And just like I told you a minute ago, this podcast is kind of like a first draft. In fact, it's kind of a dangerous thing for me, I suppose, to let you in on this raw thought stream that I'm on. But I like to believe that my skin is thick and if I want to get detractors so be it you know if they don't like what I'm talking about so be it kind of like that I want to I guess I want to still be a dog that learns new tricks I don't want to call myself an old dog yet but I also know that being an older dog means you don't kind of care about what everybody's thinking so much about you. You're just going to tell it like it is, like you know. And I find refreshment in that. So I'm, I'm, I'm living out this first draft, if you will, every morning with you. So I do a little bit of editing. I get rid of the, the pauses and the ums and that kind of thing sometimes but for the most part you're getting it raw and I kind of find pleasure in that I find pleasure in knowing that you can hear the road noise even because this is authentic man I'm not adding this stuff this is the real thing you can't find a podcast with road noise you can try but you're not going to find one because I invented the genre baby Yeah, that's right. A a police officer is passing me on my left. I am fully belted, talking into my phone like a maniac. Hello, officer. And I'm not texting, so you can just move on. But you know, if the Lord wants to have the police officer come into my podcast today, he'll pull me over. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? That would be really cool get pulled over on on my podcast (laughs) I won't I won't try to do that so living living out the first draft there's another chapter in that bird by bird by the way the that title is um, cool I, I like what they did to come up with that title it's it's all about the author had a family member who needed to write a Uh, a paper on birds 
and they had procrastinated to the point that they were one day away from deadline and they hadn't begun yet. And the person was surrounded by all their writing materials with blank pages in front of them, very upset, emotionally distressed, because they were blocked. And uh, I believe it was the father, the wise father, went to this young person's shoulder and comforted them and said, you have to write it bird by bird, just one bird at a time. And that's awesome. That is a killer title. I wish they had come to me, though. I think I would have done their jacket much better. But anyway, bird by bird. I'm living my life, and with you today, this is a first draft. There was another chapter about perfectionism, which is a killer to a writer. And dare I say, a killer to a non-writer too. Now I'm all for being excellent, but perfection is very difficult and very problematic in life. And as she recounts in her book, she reminds the aspiring writer that when you're writing your first draft, and even subsequent drafts, you have to be careful not to try to make it perfect. The point is because the imperfection of those early drafts, almost like brainstorming, you come up with ideas, you just kind of, you get ideas in your mind and you just kind of write them out, and you find that Here's an example. You might write four pages, but it's not until the fourth page that you actually flowed enough to encounter this thought or this character. And you would never have been able to get there if it weren't for just free-flowing those first three pages, which might not ever make your manuscript. So how does that relate to us and, and living, trying to live perfect? Well, first of all, we can't live perfect. There was only one who lived perfect. His name's Jesus. I can't live perfect. I can live like him. But I'm gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna make mistakes, probably on a daily basis. And like the writer who is allowing themselves to free flow so that they can find these gems along the way. If the writer were to re-edit that sentence 50 times before they go on to the next sentence, and then because you know they know that the editor would have just slashed and burned that that sentence, so they don't want to have to deal with that wrath of the editor so they'll fix it right now because hey we're right here we can do it they're never gonna flow enough and have a free flow enough and allow the messiness of life to happen so that they can find those gems along the way now, I know personality types you might have somebody who's very particular about things and that's just how they are 
And so you have different personality types. I get that. You know, I'll say that my wife likes to keep a very nice home, keep a a clean home, and I love that. But I don't think that she's so analytical about it that she can't just enjoy a house that's not 100% put together. She understands that life has to happen. And maybe raising children helps the person who's trying to be perfect in everything that they do. Because children are messy. And maybe it's God's way of letting us know that, you know, some of the best things in the world happen when there's messes about. So life can be messy. We're basically living the first draft of our life. So I guess I'm, all I'm saying about that is don't worry about super editing every moment or every mistake trying to, you know, be so particular about every little nuance. God knows that there's messes in life. If, if he didn't, then why would Jesus have to come? So there are going to be messes in life. That's fine. A lot of times you can't change the past. But you certainly can change how you're viewing the past. So I'd like to live my now. Let's live our now. Let's live to the fullest extent. I thought that I was going to get to this point today. What I'm about to go into. And this is this is really going to be a good thing, I think. But I was thinking this morning, as I was not listening to the Word of God or reading it, I was just praying a little bit, and I felt the sense that I should be talking about the direction of your life. I know that there are many listening to this, and if it was about four or five months ago, if I had been listening to this what I'm about to talk about, I would be in this boat. There there are many who are at a point in their life where they feel like they don't have direction. They feel directionless. They feel like if there was a rudder on their ship, that it would, would be woefully inadequate. And they do feel like how I described yesterday, they feel like a ship that's being tossed and they've got no control over where things are going. And depending on your situation, and there's many situations out there, depending on your situation, it may be a very painful time in the sense that it's actually causing physical pain for you. It's, it's, it's a depressing time or it's a, a mentally anguishing time because you don't know what's around the corner. So, I'd like to encourage you today. It's true, a lot of times we don't know what's around the corner. And I had lost a job earlier this this year and didn't know what was around my corner. And it was really stressful for our family. You couldn't really make decisions until you knew a few things. But I, wanna, I want us today to open... Well... 
I, I want you to know that that there there is a solution. It's just that you might not see it yet. And before we go any further, let's just pray. If you're facing those kind of things, Lord, we ask that that you would intervene in these situations and let your peace flow over people who are dealing with a decision or a an uncertainty in their life. I ask, Lord, that you would bring wisdom and light into the situation to at least help us know that you're there and that you do care about our futures and that you do see our futures and that you are in our futures. And I pray that these times of waiting and and languishing can reach their end at the right time. Amen. So you need to press into the Lord and let Him speak to your moment. When you're in a situation like that, you're always thinking about that thing in the future and you might be missing the moment. And really, life is happening in the moment you're in. There are people about you. Perhaps you have a family or a spouse or kids or whatever. There are people around you still right now in the moment. And it's important to not neglect that opportunity you have with them at this moment for the sake of worrying about the future. But I want us to broaden our minds a minute today, regardless of your situation as far as whether you're in a in this period of a waiting time or not. I really had this thought as I'm reading this book about writing, it's encouraging the writer to as they're developing their characters for the story and developing the actual story and the plot to it's important for the writer to realize that they are really in charge they're creating that world i guess i'm talking about a fictional story they're creating the environment they're creating the conditions under which the characters need to relate they're fully in charge so in a in a small way nobody from the outside can come in and say well your character shouldn't do that because you're the one defining that character now sure there's there's certain guidelines for the characters you know there's certain physical laws for example uh, i mean if these are just normal people and not Marvel characters, uh, they are bound by gravity. They, they, they walk from place to place. They don't fly under their own strength. You know, that kind of thing. There are certain parameters that, that your character needs to align to. But as far as plot points and, and where your character goes and what they say and how they respond to other 
situations, that's completely within the writer's ability to control. Now, as the character develops, as the writer writes that character, it'll become clearer as you go what they would say in a certain situation, or what they would, how they would act, things like that, because you've kind of created them and created them to be a certain way. So in order for them to be that character, they need to be consistent in that way. Unless the character is changing in a certain way and, and maturing through the course of the plot. And of course you, you would show that by the slight changes in behavior. But what I'm saying is the writer is in control and the character as it develops by what the writer is defining for that character that character is developing into this being, this this created thing. But ultimately, the writer is in charge. So now I'm pulling that into our story. Our story. Your story. And your character is being written by a writer. By the writer of you. You are the writer. There are rules... There are guidelines for your character, you, to follow. Parameters set by the Lord. You walk from place to place. You don't fly. At least I haven't met anybody who can do that yet. If you know anybody who can fly, please let me know because I really need to get in touch with them because I'm really kind of wanting to do that. You have to go check out the podcast about flying. I forget. It's way early on. It's like episode 7 or something. But, you know, there's parameters that we live by. And, and I, I would say that those are parameters that the Lord has set up for us to abide by. But as long as we're staying within those parameters, we have a lot of movement, choices that we can make. So you know how people say... If you had six months to live, what would you do different? This is what I'm thinking. I'm just going to shoot from the hip here. What if you had 60 years to live? What would you do different than what you're doing right now? I want us to get outside of our normal thinking for a moment. Because I've, I've been feeling like, for me, I've had an opportunity to make some decisions that allowed me to go in directions that were different than what was already established for my character. I, I was able to make some decisions that caused me to change a direction. And don't you know, I believe that every one of us, at one level or another can make a decision to change what we're doing. So, go back to the question, what would you do if you had so many years left or so much time left, whether it be a large amount of time or a small amount of time? I don't think it really should make that much difference. I think we should be doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I believe if we were to really open our minds right now, that it 
is way more than our job. Now, don't call me a communist, because I'm certainly not that. I'm probably the opposite of a communist. But, man, do I wish that we could somehow operate in a way that didn't require cash. But I understand the real world. And And I, hey, I like money. And I like the pursuit of money. As long as it's, you know, moral and godly and reasonable. I just wonder how things would be if if we could make decisions about what we do in life that weren't basically totally 100% driven by the money question. But it's kind of the the culture is that way. Uh, You know, so a lot of times we pick on our own American culture, but in a lot of places it's the same way I mean over in Japan for example kids doing ridiculous numbers of hours of home, uh, of schooling so that they can get into the, the right college so they can do ridiculous amounts of schooling so they can get into the right job so they can do the ridiculous amounts of shouting and whatever it is that they do if you've ever seen some of that stuff in order to show that they are dedicated to that position that basically their parents have sought out for them their whole entire life. So basically they can work hard. I'm I'm painting a broad brush. I know it's not this way for everybody, but I'm picking on a few examples maybe so that they can work so hard and show that they're so dedicated so they can die a young death from a heart attack because they were so dedicated, leaving a family behind that is wondering what the hell happened. Because that's what it is. It's a living hell. Well, if you would rewind this picture and go back to that child, maybe that child's God-given direction wasn't to be that financial officer at the automotive plant but was to be an artist or something who knows I'm not wanting to pick on that culture as though they they never look for that I know that they they look for artists too and they start them at a young age and they might go through a very rigorous thing for that I've seen that as well but it's not just American culture that does that is my point but we do it too Part of why we homeschool, if you didn't know that we homeschool, we homeschool, was we felt that it helped us find what our kids were really suited for. You know, we didn't we didn't want to find out by high school that, you know, our kids are suited for something different than a typical college path. Not that you can't do that when you're when your kids are going to public school. I'm not saying that so much, but it caused us to really have to be active in their education more so than they than we would have been in public school. Hey, I'm just I'm not advocating it necessarily. I'm just saying that for us that was that was the way it was going to work the best. So I went on that little rant to say this. If we open our minds today 
and just take a moment to consider what would be the impact of changing the direction of your life. Now, I'm not talking right now about the spiritual aspect because I, I do that almost every day. Today, I wanted to touch on more the career or the relationship, you know, human relationship issues. What if you were to change something today? If you look at your relationships that you have, your friends, let's let's talk about friends right now. Your family, you can't really change who's in and out of that circle. But the friends you can. So let's just talk about friends for a moment. What would happen if you were to pull away from some friends that you've sensed are causing you to almost like a little whirlpool in a river where you're kind of stuck in a little eddy over here on the side when you know that the river is calling you down stream but you're kind of stuck in this little thing I have a picture right now of how things could have been for me had I while I was single and going out to the bars and things and having deep discussions about God as I'm pounding the beers you know what I'm talking about not that I pounded the beers. I was pretty much a weakling when it came to that. But anyway, if things had stayed the same, I would be in that place with many of those people getting older and not getting any wiser. Just getting Budweiser. And I don't, I wouldn't want that for myself. That's just one example. For me, that's not where I want to be. I'm just having asking you to consider what options you have. You know, you're not a bad person if you want to pull back from certain relationships that you feel are not helping you get to where you need to be. That's not being bad. It's not being a bad friend. You're looking out for yourself and seeking things that are important to you. It's kind of like the high school buddies who that the the summer after they graduate they're hanging out but you've got plans at the college in the fall and maybe some of them don't are you being a bad friend by going off and seeking what you feel is your calling maybe to that friend you it might seem that you don't care about them but they have to understand that you're caring about what you're doing and you know this is even bigger than you it's your future family for example it's it's your future and it might be bigger than than that friendship it might be so if we broaden our minds even a little bit more okay so now we move away from the friend question or maybe yeah we'll get back to the friend issue in a minute but maybe maybe we open our minds a little bit more and we say well what would happen if i were to change my career a lot of times we think that we don't have that as an option because we're so ingrained in our existence and it requires that income. Well, let's broaden our minds a minute here. Let's just think about this a minute. Is that job helping you or hurting you? It's kind of like the, the friend question. Do you have friends that are hindering you or helping you? 
Well, is your job hindering you or helping you? If you feel that... So we're broadening our mind here. We're thinking outside the box. What would happen if you were to change jobs, move away from a job that is draining you? What would happen? You might have to move. Yeah. You might have to sell your house. Yeah. You might have to move your family. Yeah. All those things are major things. And you wouldn't want to do that without making sure that your family is in on board with you, with you, at least your spouse. But kids have to have some say in the matter, but for sure your spouse has equal say. We're just kind of thinking outside the box here. What would happen if, like the writer, you could write your character in the way that you felt that character should go. And that character is the real you. What would you write for that character? I'll, I'll let you in on mine. I've worked with computers for my whole life. I started wanting to do that at a young age, maybe age of 12-ish. And this is back before normal computers were around. I mean, I think we had some, but I used and bought multiple computers from Radio Shack. They were called color computers. And I learned how to program on those. And I loved it. That was a dream for me. I liked video games back then, but you know, back then, video games weren't anything like they are now. In fact, I remember one summer, we were playing the Atari 2600. And man, those games, when you look at them now, they're just ridiculous, but they were the coolest thing back then. Then I remember being over at a friend's house down the street. We'd play that thing all day long. Now I understand why my son plays video games all day long during the summer. Because I used to. And I remember one night in particular where it was time to go. It was, I don't know if it was dinner time or what it was, but my friend's mom said, you guys get a, you gotta go outside. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is what I'm telling my son these days. So what did we do? We brought the TV, moved it to the big picture window between the living room of their house and the front porch. We got out into the front porch and we continued to play the game looking at the screen through the picture window. <laughs> that is exactly what my son would do probably. But we were outside, kind of. We were not in the house. But for me, the computer stuff, boy, I went on a big tangent there. I was into computers and I programmed computers and I loved it. I did stuff called assembly language. That's really low level programming stuff. I can't hold a candle probably right now to the, to the kids that are doing that kind of stuff these days, but that's okay because even though I did that at an early age and, and I knew in high school what I wanted to do 
I knew it. I, I guess I was a lucky one. I knew what I wanted my character to do. And when I went to college, I knew, when I went to the community college, I knew what I was wanting to do. I was taking courses at the community college that I needed so that when I would go into the major university, you know, I would be able to get my computer science degree. That was the goal. And when I was in at the community college, I had some instructors who I had become friends with that were in the computer department. You know, they are a two-year college, and they saw a lot of students come through and get their associate's degree in certain computer skills. And they saw that for me. And I said, but that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to move on and continue and go to university and get my four-year. So they, they had kind of had a shorter sight for me than I had, which I'm, I'm glad I had a longer-term vision. And so I went to university, and then after getting out, I found a job, and I was working in the type of work that I trained for and, and loved it. And I've done that for many years, you could look at that type of work though I've done slightly different flavors of it it's pretty much been the same kind of work for a while and I hit a point recently maybe in the last two years where I really started to lose my joy for it and I, I view computer programming and that kind of stuff almost as an art form can look at it in multiple different ways but I looked at it as a creative process in in the sense that it is creating something out of nothing you code the computer and it will do something that wouldn't have been able to be done if it weren't for what you just did and I love that it's a creative process and I know that in me at least for me my character has this desire to create whether it be graphic art music, writing, podcasts, you name it. I like to create. I like to make something out of nothing. Well, you've got something in you that's... I, I believe that that was a God-given thing that God placed into me. Well, you've got certain things that God has placed into you. So if... If you're waiting for somebody to tell you that you only have six months to live before you do a big change to get into this path that brings you happiness, I guess my challenge is don't wait for that day. Make it happen now. Yeah, but you know, I'm so used to my job. I, I don't know if I could take a cut and pay. Let me tell you, it's so important to have your character be doing what your character is supposed to be doing, as opposed to just making the paycheck that gets you the things of life that really, we just burn through the things of life. Our tomorrows become today, become our yesterdays, and before you know it, you are at the six-month point. 
And what do you have to show for it? All the things that you burned through. Things. So, I'm asking us all to open our mind a little bit. I didn't finish my story. My story, I came to the realization that that kind of work, that computer work, might not be ultimately what I'm supposed to be doing. Is it a scary thought? Well, a little bit. Because it's a, it's a solid income. I don't know what income I can have with possible changes down the road. I believe that writing is part of my future. But if that's the case, I got to start writing, right? If I really think that's part of my future, then I think probably the appropriate thing would be to start writing. Makes sense to me. And I am. I am starting to write. So what is it that you're needing to do? I'm not suggesting that we just drop everything and be immature about it. But I am suggesting that that there can be changes that are made, especially if they align with who you are. I believe who you are in your inside, in your character, is defined by the one who created you. And I think that we shouldn't suppress that. That might mean that we have to change our lifestyle. I've heard stories about, you know, big city bankers and financial people or you can pick any type of work but I remember reading a story about a woman I believe she was a New York finance type person making big bucks which by the way in a city like that when you're working in that industry you gotta make the big bucks just to have a mediocre place to stay so don't let the paycheck fool you. It's all relative. This person decided, you know, that's enough of that rat race. I'm going to go quit my job, sell my things, and go live in the Bahamas somewhere or Virgin Islands or some somewhere like that. And they were going to just find normal jobs. I think they found a place at an ice cream parlor. And that satisfied them and brought joy now you probably couldn't do that if you have a family you're supporting but I'd like to say and I'd like I really believe this that if you're in this job that's just sapping your energy or you're having to be a workaholic in order to keep that job that kind of thing you're probably doing more damage to your family than than the help you're providing your family with that paycheck. I can tell you that firsthand. Firsthand. So as you contemplate making a change for your character, know that the one who put desires into your heart and put skills and personality type within you, within your character, he has your back. And maybe you just needed to hear a little bit of encouragement today from a guy on a podcast to cause you to think about the direction your life is taking. There may be some of you who have this heart for children, 
but you don't have a job that's really allowing for that. Well, maybe maybe it's not a job change so much. It's maybe find time to help with uh, boys and girls clubs or or at your Sunday school or who knows. When it comes to children, there's all sorts of need out there. Maybe maybe becoming a foster parent. Who knows? But if you feel like you're in a rut, you don't need to be in one because you can change the story of your character. Stay within the parameters of what God has set up, the parameters he defines in the word, but he did not create you to to have to just endure this miserable life. This is a wonderful life. I don't think that Jesus, when he was on the planet, woke up and had a happiness on Friday that he didn't have on a Monday. I think he woke up with an expectation every day that he was in the will of his Father, doing the will of his Father. And so that's really what I want for all of us, is that that we know what the will of the Father is for your life. Because for you, it's different than for me and the next guy. And now while you say, how can I know what the will is? Well, that's why I'm always telling you to stay in the Word. Because you'll find out what the parameters are if you're in the Word. That, that helps give you the guardrails of life. And then when you're spending time in prayer with the Lord, telling Him, telling Him the things that, are, that you're struggling with. You know, the job issues or the, the relationships with the, with the guys. If you're a man, you know, your, your guy relationships that really are bringing you down, you know, for whatever reason. You know, the relationship issues. Maybe in this, I, want, I mentioned this earlier, <clears throat> maybe you need to start establishing better relationships. You know, instead of just cutting off certain relationships that are detrimental, maybe you need to develop some new relationships. Maybe your church has groups that get together, they like home groups, that kind of thing, where other, I'm talking to the guy now, you know, where other guys can hang out with other godly guys and, you know, you're not walking around with halos, but you're talking about real issues, you know. And how you're able to conquer those addictions and, and things like that. And, and give encouragement to other guys who are just other guys, but they made it through. Maybe those are the relationships you need. And ladies, I know that relationships are big on, in your life. I know that when my wife gets back from having had coffee with a girlfriend of hers, it's like she's a different woman. You need relationships, too, that are solid and godly. So I guess to boil it all down today is today is a day for thinking about what could change, what could be, what could help you become more of who you're supposed to be. That's my encouragement to you today. I hope this has sunk in a little bit. I pray that we really consider the uniqueness that God has put in every one of us and how we can best align our lives 
with who our character is. Sound good? Excellent. Well, remember to stay in the word and live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you and seek the Lord for wisdom as you seek out who your character needs to be. And I will see you on the flip.